<laughs> We've never done this before, ever. Only 206 times. You know, it feels new every time we do it. Welcome, everybody. The day is now Wednesday, if those are days that you count within yourself. We are here today on Game of Owns, as usual. How are you, Eric? You're here. Oh, I'm here. I'm doing well. It's it's a Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. And you know what we do with the middle of the week? We, we should know by now what form, what shape the week has taken. But sometimes we don't. Sometimes we got to make up our own little thing and give ourselves a little pick-me-up to get through the rest of the week. You probably heard our massive group episode on Monday, so today we thought it's Wednesday. The season is very, very near. What can we do to make this special? So over the past few weeks, we've been making things happen as far as emails are concerned, and we finally lined up what we think is a really fun episode for you guys. Phil Leinhart and Allison Capoza from Brewery Omegang have been kind enough to join us on this fateful afternoon. Brewery Omegang. I feel like you guys need your own intro music, like your own, like, thundering, like, boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. But we don't have those sound effects yet on the show, so just settle for my boom, 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 if you will. So how are you guys today? I'm doing well. How about you, Alex? We're all right. A little, little busy, yeah. but we're <laughs> well, there. We were, we were just talking before we recorded and had the usual conversation with guests where we're getting sound checked and we're like, oh, let's talk about stuff that we're going to talk about on the show anyway, small talk form. So we've already spoiled half of what we're going to talk about just amongst ourselves, but I'm going to go ahead and reset up something that was important that we said earlier that I said to Allison. So I'm just going to say it again. So Allison, Phil, today's been a very busy day for you guys, huh? It has been, indeed. Yeah. Every brew day is busy, yeah. Um, but today is especially busy because Fire and Blood Red Ale, our third Game of Thrones inspired beer, um, hit store shelves. Which is very exciting. Eric and I both had the chance to try it, both in uh, separate occasions. And I think that Eric's was slightly more festive than mine, but I really appreciate the care package you guys sent over. Very beautiful stuff. <laughs> Fire and Blood is excellent. And I certainly hope that you guys will, and this is kind of a question for later, but I hope that you'll continue to do these sorts of things uh, with the Game of Thrones beer, I hope, uh, for, for, for many years. Well, we um, are certainly going to have a fourth beer that we'll announce probably in the next few weeks. Oh, wow. Um, and that will come out this fall. And then we're just chatting with HBO to see if this is something that we're going to continue for another season or so. Wow. Wow, just knowing there's another beer in the pipeline, it, it does it for me. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed, though, guys, because the only ones I've tried thus far are Take the Black Stout and Fire and Blood Red Ale. I would love to try the Iron Throne Blonde Ale. Well, there's, you're out of luck there because we don't have any more. So to get more, we'd have to brew more. And that's that actually could be a possibility in the future is, like, instead of, you know, one and a half year coming out with a brand new beer, possibly do it to sort of get back. But that, that's just in the discussion right now. Right. So um, can you explain a little bit about that uh, limited edition? I, I See, where I come from, like limited edition, and when somebody stamps, you know, limited edition on a bottle, it's kind of a marketing ploy. They may have no intentions of ever being a limited release because they're everywhere and for a very, very, very long time. But this time it seems like with the Throne Blondale, you guys really mean it, and it uh, it's not available anymore. I can't find it. Yeah, that, that was that, well, that was our first beer. So as I recall, uh, we did 26 brews of that, which we didn't really know how it was going to go. You know, mm -hmm. 26 brews is still a sizable amount. That's a week's worth of brewing for us. Um, but then, you know, the beer just evaporated once it went on the market. So the next beer, Take the Black, we basically tripled that amount. But these are all limited release in that they're one-offs. These are not core beers that we're going to make round, you know, right. year round. They're just limited, you know, one-time brew. I mean, like you could brew them in the future as part of a gift pack, but 
brewery was going to be somewhat limited. I'm so interested to hear about the process because I'm thinking about your brewery in itself, and I know that you guys are a brewery. This is what you do. You, you produce beers outside of just being a specialty line of Game of Thrones beers. You know, just getting started in all of this, I, I, I can assume that it was quite a surprise seeing how, like you said, Iron Throne Blonde Ale kind of evaporated, and now there's all of this fervor. Over yeah, well, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been, a, been a very interesting project. I mean, we're brewers, so we know how to formulate beer. We know what ingredients go together well to make good beer and beers that are in our style. But this is adding uh, a, a little bit of a different dimension in that we're taking cues from the show, either characters or places, and trying to incorporate those in, into the beers. So it's kind of an interesting uh and new way to, to, to formulate beers. Yeah, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how the relationship started, or what what exactly were the thoughts going into it? Like, brewery, I'm going. I mean, you guys, I, I see ten or fifteen different brews, you know, in the store. What made you think of doing kind of a geek brew? This started really with HBO. There's um, members of the global licensing team in New York City, um, and they're familiar with Oma Gang and several other real top of the quality pyramid craft breweries around the country, and there was a discussion there, you know, about maybe doing some kind of marketing tie-in um, with a beer, and we were on a short list of American craft breweries for that project, and got a phone call, and after a couple of conversations, everybody was really on board, and we got right to work. Well, I'm glad to see that it's been successful for you guys because, you know, the care and detail that you put into making the entire thing an experience for everyone, I think, has resonated really well within the fan base of the show and the books. Thank you. It's, it's a really uh, fulfilling experience. It's a rewarding experience because Game of Thrones is a more adult show than I've previously been used to watching and, and, and to go with it, it to wash it down so well. Some of the, the hard deaths – uh, <laughs> right. Sort of to wash it down, I've got a refreshing adult, older, you know, beverage that I can enjoy now. And it, it seems like the two in concept are just, they, they go so well together. That's great. So you'd say it enhances the viewing experience? I would say, <laughs> oh, yes, completely enhances the, the viewing experience. And especially knowing that the theme, the ingredients were aligned with the show. For instance, you know, the Iron Throne Blonde Ale. There's a blonde... Uh, child sitting on the Iron Throne. It just, it, it, it does add, I'm all for that. I'm all for that sort of insider story. And, and, and just bottom line, they're tasty. They're very, very, well, very tasty. I'm just so glad that we've we've been able to formulate some kind of a, a companion outside of the show that is uh, ingestible, if that makes any sense. I just think it's cool that, that people are finding ways to rally around this concept of Game of Thrones in so many different ways. And let this beer, what, what you guys have been doing in general, especially with these events around the country the past handful of days, has done a great job with uniting so many members of the community around something like beer that is so social in a sense connected with the story. I just think it's been uh, a very successful execution of, of awareness on your part, but also just a really good tool to, to bring people together, which I think is uh, the more important aspect of all this. Thanks. Um, it's, I mean, it's definitely, from our standpoint, been successful to be, you know, Oma Gang has been known for several years now as just a really good brewery. Right. Um, and so for us to have a chance to do a really interesting brewing and marketing project um, with HBO, you don't get any better than HBO has been exciting for us. And we found that there has been a real crossover between fans of good beer and good programming. 
Um, but we have been very lucky to be introduced to this whole new population of people that's really passionate about Game of Thrones, um, and we'd love to see that they're passionate about our beer, too. Phil, I have a question for you. Just being a brewmaster, it's, it sounds like the coolest title ever. I know how many people go after that title in World of Warcraft as well, and so that you actually have it in real life. It must look great on a business card, but what specifically, uh, and this is my, my ignorance in terms of the beer industry going, but what, what do you do and, and what do you do for Amagong? Like, what was your involvement with these beers? Well, I mean, overall, you know, I'd say I and, and any brewmaster is responsible for the taste of the beer, mm-hmm. and that's my ultimate responsibility. Um, but into that goes a lot of things. We have an innovation manager here, Mike McManus, and uh, in consultation with him and some of our other brewers, uh, you know, for some of these different Game of Thrones beers, we came up with, uh, once the concept was kind of nailed down, we came up with some different pilot test batches. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a process of perfecting it, just like you might perfect the recipe in the kitchen. You brew something, uh, you taste it, you know, and then collaboratively with other people decide, okay, what's good about it, what would you like to improve, and, and it's just a process of uh, continuous improvement until you get the final liquid that you want. I, I just imagine, like, the tastiest basement experience ever. Like, do you ever feel like a mad scientist just <laughs> plugging Does away? Does this have enough blood taste in it? Hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if we're going to put blood in a beer, but probably not. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, there is a lot of creativity in brewing, especially in, in a craft brewery such as ours. You know, there's a, in fact the first uh, beer, the uh, Iron Throne, was the base recipe was one of, from one of our brewers. You know, we tweaked it minorly, but uh, it was basically his his recipe. So going into these, formulating the options for the kind of flavor that you're going to announce each year, I mean, is that in any way affected by the overall story of where the show has progressed, or is it just sort of within where you guys want to pick? No, it's, it's in consultation with HBO, like an, an overriding concept or theme for the beer, and then we take that and come back to the brewery and then start coming up with uh, you know actual recipes and liquid address that. This is where we ask for a hint on the name of the new blend. <laughs> we, yeah. we, <laughs> um, we know nothing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I have to say, too, and I, I had the pleasure of attending a release party in Chicago for uh, Fire and Blood, and so I've tried it, and it's delicious, and I really enjoyed it. I think it's probably my favorite. Um, yeah, it's so, my favorite So as far. Well. It's just the right kind oh, of, yeah. of, of, of beer for me, an ale. From what I understand, there were also release parties in Dallas and Miami and Philadelphia and San Diego and Boston, all over America, it seems, for for this. And some of them were, especially the one I was at, was just this wonderful themed event where we had actors, uh, you know, dressing up and reenacting, this, uh, particularly the Red Wedding scene. But it, it just is such, it adds to the culture, it adds to the experience in such a cool way to have a tie-in beer. Um, and to be to be able to to attend these events and you know social events, public events where we're having this and trying this and celebrating it in quite a, a unique way. The, um, the events were a huge hit. There were eleven of them across the country, and some of them were ticketed and some were not. All of the ticketed events sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them great. in just a day. Um, people were very excited, and and they've been great. The pictures coming back from the events have been. Wonderful. People just got really into it. There were lots of costumes and 
And all of the events were really unique. They all offered something different, whether it was aerial performances or a theatrical piece like the Chicago event or fire performers. Um, the market managers really worked very hard to create Game of Thrones for an evening um, and to showcase the beer and to give you know fans of both On the Gang and Game of Thrones something really special. Well, he succeeded because Eric was so excited about it. He wrote about it in length on Winter's Coming, so I'm, I'm sure we've all seen that. And I'm glad that you had got to have such a good time, Eric. I'm also very, very jealous that you were able to send such a clutch one, I think. Very fancy. Yeah, no, from what I'm hearing, uh, I think the New York uh, event was interrupted by some Rangers fans who were pretty rowdy. Uh, so I'm just very generous or very gracious to to be in a, a, a one of those ticketed events where it was just us and uh, we nearly all died. So it was a good experience. Part of or or trying to shy away again from uh, foreshadowing the next beer. You mentioned about tying in your beers with the overarching story, kind of you know talking with with HBO. Am I? I just want to make sure I have the 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 facts straight on this. That the the Iron Throne Blondale was to celebrate the Lannisters on the throne. Is that adequate or accurate? Well, that uh, the fact that there was a blonde boy on the throne was mm-hmm. a very you know as you know important um, piece of the plot and something that I know Phil has mentioned um, is that blonde ale representing um, Joffrey's mother. Yeah, it was kind of uh, somewhat of a tie-in with her. And uh, so seemingly, you know, beautiful, not seemingly, she is beautiful, but seemingly sweet, but evil on the inside. And so that's we kind of that kind of tied into the beer. We used some ingredient like a, a malt that's called honey malt, which is uh, a little bit sweet, leaves some residual sugar. But then a little bit higher bitterness from the hops and some lemon peel to give it a little bit of a bite, you know, sweet, but right. with a and that was kind of fun to play with that. Yeah, and with Take the Black uh, Stout, I can say that it did, in fact, keep me warm over the Chicago winter, which sometimes <laughs> feels like you're on the wall. Yeah, just yeah like... definitely substantial beer. Another consideration was the Iron Throne being the first beer. We figured there are going to be a number of people drinking our beer for the first time. So we didn't do want, want to do a beer like Take the Black as the first beer because I may, like, People who aren't used to our beer or used to craft beer in general may, may have been a little bit kind of taken aback, so to speak. So we wanted something that was a little more accessible. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and so that beer really uh, fit into that nicely. I'm thinking specifically about Fire and Blood, and the complexity in this is especially noticeable, I think, even for the casual drinker. And it may be helped some by the decadent bottle and et cetera, but I really think that it's very noticeable. Yeah, I mean, it's just a totally different style. I mean, uh, yeah, it's definitely more complex, kind of like a Russian Imperial Stout fermented with our house Belgian yeast strain, but it's I mean, it doesn't make it necessarily any less of a beer. It's just different. Well, I remember the first time I tried to take the Black Stout, I was filming in Las Vegas this past winter, and they asked if I wanted any drinks or anything in my room when I was coming, and I was just like, well, this makes complete sense because it's a great opportunity for me to be like, okay, person that's helping me find stuff. There's, uh, <laughs> there, is, there is a great uh, brewery, Omegang, and if you can find anything, 
if you can find anything i mean I, I was like specifically if you can find any of the game of thrones beer but any of their stuff would be awesome and i was treated to an entire refrigerator full of take the black stout and abbey ale so it was a pretty good experience for me right now uh again so with fire and blood which is the most recent release i feel like we should spend a little time talking about that specifically but i noticed that fire and blood are the words of the house targaryen for fire and blood um one of the things that's different about this beer as opposed to the first two is that we have three labels which gives sort of an enhanced collectability opportunity for right. fans and i only have two i'm kind of annoyed by three that. heads has the dragon <laughs> as they say i have two of the three labels i was like no looks like you'll be hunting there exactly. yeah i will be actually <laughs> so there are three labels one for each of the dragons so we included the motto fire and blood you know on the label and this was one of the things HBO had talked about being important for the series was going to be the bigger role of the dragons, both that they'll be bigger. more present in the show yeah. and they're bigger. Right. Um, <laughs> so that was, you know, certainly something that was important to them when we were thinking about the third beer. And so that's how we ended up with Iron Blood. It kind of feels like a natural progression, just like Phil was saying, the, the Iron Throne Blondale was a little bit more approachable. And you have to take the black stout, which I feel like was just, you know, showing more of a perspective on everything that you guys are able to do. Like it's, it's not the same sort of thing twice, essentially. And so you've, you've done it again with fire and blood red ale. And so when, when I approach it, I think of now that I know the process, now that you guys were talking about how um, HBO kind of cues you in on things, I do feel like it's kind of the natural progression of things because we kind of had a, a larger uptake of attention on what was happening around the wall and what was happening with the Men of the Night's Watch. But now with the dragons being so much bigger, and I feel like HBO has done a pretty good job of showing that in the trailers thus far, that, that they're obviously going to have a bigger impact on what's going on this season. I think that it perfectly lines up with it. So in my mind, I'm formulating what the next thing is. And I think we might know by episode four or five or something. We know nothing. No, but it makes sense. And I, I, I'm glad that um, that was part of the progression. You know, I'm glad that Fire and Blood L was your was your next one. Yeah. Okay, let's talk Thrones then for a minute. Um, you guys have honored most recently the Targaryen family, but who would you guys like to see on the throne? And, uh, you know, are you familiar <laughs> with the, the show? And uh, are you, you know, have you read? Have you seen the show? Or what, uh, to what extent uh, are you involved with the politics of Westeros. So we joke at the brewery that Game of Thrones is one of those things that we do when we're not brewing beer. <laughs> so everybody sort of has a character that they think they are, and then they have a character that their coworkers think that they are. Right. Um, and there are some real, true, have read the books and watched all the episodes fans here. Um, and then there are people like me, and I was actually not familiar with the show until I started working here about a year and a half ago. I'm caught up in terms of episodes, but haven't read the books yet. And I know that Phil is... I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I think we just want to know Phil's nickname. Like, I guess, who who Phil embodies now that you've characterized? Well, I, I, I identified with the original... Uh... Ned Stark. Ned yeah. Stark. I, you know, I swear I was thinking <laughs> that. I was like, Phil's Ned Stark. That's who he is. I'm sure where my head is at, no pun intended. <laughs> oh. so, he, is, he is the Ned Stark. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely one of the true guides of this company and people that you know he's a role model for us and he's and i'm sitting here next to me and maybe watching a little bit long right? nobody tries to be at me i'll be okay that's true <laughs> but we talk i mean there's a lot of game of thrones water cooler talk here and we don't typically look at characters in terms of who we develop a beer for um it's more settings and right. major you 
plot pieces. You don't get 10 episodes. You know, you don't get 10 beers for each season. You guys are kind of tasked with encapsulating so much and all at once. So there's even a larger amount of pressure there. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Ned Stark really needs a beer in his honor. We do a lot of um, beer jokes about, uh, you know, a Ned Stark beer would lose its head rather quickly. Oh, (laughs) right. It's funny in the beer industry. It's almost too easy to do. This being Wednesday, the beer has officially been for sale for two days. It was released on Monday the 31st. There is a little bit of a process for getting beer from the brewery to the distributors to store shelves and to taps. So on our website, www.omegang.com slash blog, we actually have a blog post there that will tell fans of both the beer and the show um, some best practices for finding the beer. There's a lot of it out there. We brewed more than 36,000 cases of this beer um, to try to ensure that everybody (laughs) who wanted some was able to find it. But there are some places we don't sell due to government laws, and we don't export except for a few places in Canada. Um, So we understand that there's a real demand for this beer, and we did our absolute best to brew as much as possible um, and to distribute it as widely as possible. So... We just appreciate everybody being kind to each other out there um, while they're hunting down the beer. And if they have any questions, to visit the website because most of the frequently asked questions are answered there. I was actually going to ask about, because we have so many people commenting on the website, they're like, but I live in Australia. Where's our nationwide release? So, I mean, the interest is there, at least. You guys know that. There's a huge um, international interest in this beer. And there has been since we announced the collaboration in December of 2012. Right. Um, from all corners of the world, people were really excited about this and wanted to know how to get their hands on a bottle. So, but um, we are only distributed in the United States um, and then some certain areas of Canada. Now, I have to ask though, how is is there a brewery tour that people can take if they were to show up in person? Yeah. So we're open seven days a week, and just the afternoons in the off season, we're open from. 12 to 5, and roughly Memorial Day to Labor Day, we're open from 11 to 6. And there is a tour. It's about 30 minutes, and the tour is free. Um, And then we also have a tasting room with our beer on tap. And for $3, visitors ages 21 and up can taste six of our beers, and they get to keep the glass. You guys are close to Canada then, right? We're a few hours away. Four or five hours. Still a few hours. Yeah, yeah, sometimes we feel like we're on the wall. We're like west of Albany, about an hour west of Albany. I've been trying to coerce Micah, who works, he's our other co-host, who works in Long Island, or lives in Long Island, works in the city, to make a drive up to your brewery sometime. Yeah, we've been telling him, man, you got to go up, have the tasting, have the tour, yeah, have the experience. Yeah, we'd love to have him. We just need to plan a trip out there, is what I think. It's true. Eric. Guys, we have some big events coming up. Well, tell us about these big events, Tell please. us about them. All right, well, before we start talking, Allison briefed me on a few events and things that Brewery Omegang is planning, and I think that not only are we interested in going to each of them even though we might not be able to make it to each of them some of you out there listening may be nearby so we have um, a summer concert series that we hold every year and we're kicking off this year with back to back shows with Modest Mouse Nice. on May 23rd and May 24th um, the 24th show is sold out but there are still tickets available for the 23rd and then rolling right along um, into August August 3rd Old Crow Medicine Show is returning to the brewery. They played a huge show here last year, and we're delighted that they're coming back for round two. That's awesome. And that is a week prior to Belgium Comes to Cooperstown, which is our um, annual beer 
food, music, and all things fun fast. Um, tickets for BCTC go on sale April 1st at noon, and they sell out very quickly, just in a matter of minutes for VIP tickets. Um, but there are generally general admission tickets still available for a couple of days. Um, and this year at BCTC, it's a Las Vegas theme, and there will be a Game of Thrones experience package that Uh-oh. people can buy. <laughs> And like that's one. Right. <laughs> Keep going. So with the Game of Thrones experience, um, guests who purchase that upgrade will receive a bottle of Game of Thrones four, which is the beer that is not yet announced. Oh, um, I see. It will Whoa. not yet be released um, in August, but those people will get a bottle plus the commemorative glassware and then a replica of the Iron Throne will be here. And guests will have a chance to sit and have their photo taken on the throne. That's cool. Beer in hand. You guys sound like our kind of people. Yeah. Now I think about it, you're like we're also we make beer, but we also do all this stuff too. Modest Mouse is going to come play. It's a fun place to live and work. You know, for a tiny little village of 2,100 people year round, we we get down and know how to party. No, That's... I can think of no no better situation for our Game of Thrones beers to be coming out of. Honestly, I'm yeah. glad that we all landed together and this happened with Oma Gang. Well, uh, we definitely want to thank our guests, Phil, Allison, for taking the time and answering our questions and even hinting a little bit about the beers to come. Uh, thank you both very much. Thank you for okay, having thanks. us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hope to see you soon. And we want to remind our listeners, uh, the Brewery Omegang is on social media. Uh, you can find them at facebook.com slash Omegang. There you go. <laughs> twitter.com slash Brewery Omegang or at Brewery Omegang on Twitter. And we would encourage you to tweet your praise if you've managed to take hold of one of the three dragons that are if you've the been Fire and Blood enough. Red Ale. And listen, Allison and Phil, we, we will definitely make sure from this point forward that Omagong is pronounced Omagang. How's that sound? That would be great. You know what? Both are, are okay. Omagang is closer to the Flemish pronunciation, uh, but a lot of people call it Omagang too. So really, it's kind of like uh, tomato, tomato in a lot of ways. Right. It's like an Arl Stein novel. You get to choose your own adventure. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. If you're listening, guys, be sure to be sure to get in touch with them socially because these are cool people making cool stuff, and they're throwing into our arena things that we like. They're making Game of Thrones beers. It doesn't get much cooler than that. So, once again, thanks to them for coming on the show. And I think that Eric and I have nothing other to do than to say goodbye until Friday, which will be our last episode before the season premieres. Eric, are you ready for this? I am not ready. I don't think I'll ever be ready. It cannot come soon enough. I don't think that these two are ready either, are you? Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well I guess this is where we say goodbye everybody. (laughs) 